0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Taylor Monaco with Fort Wayne Middles. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm
1: good, Anthony. How are you?
0: I am good. It's been a while since we have seen each other in the real world.
1: It has. Yeah, it has. It's good to see you again.
0: Well, you too, and thanks for doing the podcast. So you are somewhat new to Fort Wayne Metals. Tell me what that's been like. How long have you been there, and how's it going?
1: Yeah, it is It is a lot of fun. Yeah. I just, I think, closed out my third month. Okay. And um, like, I think like a lot of new roles, sometimes it feels like I started last week and sometimes it feels like it's been two years already. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting acclimated quickly. Um, but they have a joke there that you're new until you're there for about five years. Oh, so wow. So I'm just gearing up to feel new for a while. Okay, well, there,
0: there's some comfort in that because you can claim to be new exactly. and claim ignorance. I mean, use that yeah. card for a while, yeah. I still do that after 17 years here at Asher, so... And it works. Play that, play that as long as you can. Good, all
1: right.
0: Well, we started where you are now, but we want to go back to the beginning of your story because, as you know, in this podcast, we talk about career path, we talk about the organization you work for and some of the things you're working on. When it comes to career path, you have an interesting story because you have been in very different places geographically, and then you moved back, and then you moved back there, and then you came back. So walk us through that process, and let's start at the beginning. And what I mean by that is tell me when you first started thinking about careers, what were you thinking you would do, and did you continue down that path, or did you take a detour?
1: Yeah, so... I think the first time I really started thinking about careers, um, I picked college before I picked career. Okay. So I grew up in San Diego, California, mm-hmm. and I went to Miami of Ohio. Okay. Um, An
0: Asher client, by the way. So we're big Miami fans here at Asher.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Go Red Hawks. So I mainly picked it because it was across the country from home. Okay. and I so wanted, wanted a to, different
0: experience. Yeah.
1: I wanted to experience the Midwest. I wanted to get away. I actually have family in cincinnati and i was third generation at miami so there was there was some reasons behind that i had an older brother there at the time um anyway i shadowed a friend of my brother's went to all her classes and she was in a lot of film studies classes Mm -hmm. and i have always been a big fan i'm sure we'll talk about this later of storytelling Mm -hmm. and i just i fell in love with the classes yeah and so i i walked the campus it's all red brick I think I visited in late September, and I went. That's it. I'm throwing yeah. out my it's other applications. It's a beautiful campus. It it's is, kind of the
0: quintessential midwestern campus. Yeah,
1: right. You're going. First of all, am I in Ohio? Yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm in Boston or yeah. something. Yeah. And am I in a movie? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel real. So yeah. I fell in love with the campus, and I fell in love with communications, mm-hmm. and wanted to be sitting in those classrooms, um, watching those movies, studying the stories. And so I don't. I don't know that I had this career in mind. Sure. But I think that's when I started realizing I had a I had a a love for um, compelling messaging and, um, yeah, stories that could that could take you somewhere. So uh, okay. I picked Miami, and yep. I think it kind of started there.
0: All right. So you're at Miami, and then let's talk about where your first move is geographically, because I know from our previous conversation that you've been in Indianapolis, you've been back to California, you've kind of landed back in Fort Wayne, but I'm not sure of the chronology yeah, of that. Yeah. So help you me out. You
1: or anyone else. Everybody gets very <laughs> confused asking about yeah. the history. So. Yeah. Um, I did job search a little bit in the Midwest, mm-hmm. but ultimately, um I had an internship, my junior year of college in San Diego at a public affairs firm mm-hmm. called Southwest Strategies that shows up on my resume a couple of times. yep, um, and I loved that firm. Mm-hmm. Um I learned so much from the people that I worked for there, the projects that I got to be a part of um and so. I basically harassed my boss from junior year until I got a job after I graduated, um, until they were willing to create a position for me. I just learned a lot about persistence from my dad. And so I did did the traditional job searching like I was supposed to. But what really landed me the job was every single month I had a calendar reminder Uh that was like, call Chris Wall and – Ask me if there's a position available yet. And wow. so for almost a year straight, I did that until they said, okay, Taylor, you can come back. There's a an county executive position with your name on it. And you know, oh, that's
0: great. So I yeah. ended up back
1: in San Diego for that reason yeah. mostly okay. a love of that agency.
0: Yeah. All right. So I started there in San mm-hmm. Diego. Okay.
1: And um, actually, I think six to eight or nine months into that position, 2008, everybody was getting laid off. Yes. They created a position for me. Oh wow! Didn't really need one. Okay. So it was last one in, first one out, yeah. and I was laid off. My first job out of college.
0: Jeez. Yeah. And
1: while it was devastating, I've learned so much, and mm-hmm. I'm I look back now and I'm like I, I'm so much stronger for it because mm-hmm. it sent me into job searching all over again yeah. when no one was hiring mm-hmm. um i had i had just moved out yep. bought my first car yeah. was on my own in san Jeez. diego um, wow. i was living like 3 miles from my parents but i was like i will not move back in with them and san diego you know, is
0: not a very cheap place to live it is not cheap. Yeah.
1: nope so i was i made searching for a job my full time job and it took me i think like a couple days over a month like 32 or 33 days to find another job—that's
0: really not too bad.
1: It—it was not yeah. bad in 2008 again. Yeah, like this sure. was Everywhere. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those life lessons that at the time was pretty rough. Now, super grateful for it. Um, and so, I landed at a wealth management firm, um, and I spent about a year there mm-hmm. uh, doing communications, uh, public relations for uh, the the owner of the firm was kind of a radio personality, taught uh, retirement planning seminars around the country. So, I traveled with him, um, planned those events kind of did talking points and prep for his uh, appearances on the morning uh, news. I mean, it was just one of those, like, you wear a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but all communications, all, all what I was, you know, learning to do. So it ended up being, again, like, just I was putting all kinds of tools in my tool belt. I don't think I realized that at the time. Yeah. But looking back, I mean, it was incredible. So now I'm less than two years out of school. I have two jobs under my mm-hmm. belt and so much experience. yeah. Um, and then I met my then-husband, that's an even longer story, so we won't go into it. okay, but he was in Fort Wayne, okay, from San Diego. Uh-huh. And I go, well, you're really close to Indianapolis, so I'll just go there. Yeah. And I had friends from school there, so okay. I moved across the country.
0: All right. So he was from San Diego like you, but was working in Fort Wayne.
1: yep, he was on okay. the fort he was on the Fort Wayne Fire department. So his uh-huh. okay, yep,
0: all right. So <laughs> that would be a path if we went down there that might take the rest of the time when might. we went together. Yep. But yeah, okay. So you end up working in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And you had experience in the Midwest, but had you spent much time in Indianapolis proper to that point?
1: Um, a couple of trips with a college yeah. roommate who was from there, which I think was why I was comfortable moving back. I'm like, okay. I know India a little bit. It's a great city. I think I can do this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So how long are you in Indianapolis and what does work look like during that time?
1: About a year and a half. Okay. And I was at Miller Brooks, an advertising oh, yeah. agency there. Yep. Yeah. Great experience. Wonderful people. Um and I mostly did it was I was in their PR department, mm-hmm. which at the time was about ten people. Um, and like one of our biggest clients was Certaintied. So I was mm-hmm. doing PR for like building products okay. and stuff. So again, like really technical writing. Yep. More tools than the tool belt. Yeah. Gained a lot of experience. Yeah. Um then we got engaged, and I'm like, okay, Fort Wayne.
0: Yeah, so was the thinking – <laughs> let, let me let me go back. I yeah. said I was going to take us down this path, That's but okay. I have to ask a question. So he's in Fort Wayne. Were you thinking Indianapolis is close to Fort Wayne? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was.
1: I'm like, it's a two-hour drive. I yeah. can do that, and I'm not – you know, I just I have that kind of personality. I'm like, I want to make this relationship work, but Fort Wayne, like where yeah. is that? And yeah. I'm not going there without a ring on my finger, and yeah. I am just am independent enough that – I wasn't willing to do that. And I, I did have a couple friends in Fort, in Indianapolis at the time. Yeah. So I was like, I think I can do that. It's a big city. Sure. And, um, yeah. As soon as I moved, both those friends moved away. Oh, One wow. of them went to to Bloomington for law school, the other moved to Chicago for a job. So I ended up in Indianapolis knowing nobody. Oh, wow. Again, very independent, good yeah. experience. Sure. I did a lot of networking and. Yeah. 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 All a lot. right.
0: So then you moved to Fort Wayne.
1: Then I moved to Fort Wayne.
0: And what does that look like professionally and otherwise?
1: Um, I landed at One Lucky Guitar. Yep. And I was there that the whole time I was in Fort Wayne that time. <laughs> so <it was laughs> Which that, is about a year? Uh, uh think a little under 2 years. All yeah. right.
0: And that's where you and I met cuz you were in While and I leadership yes. institute, correct? Yep. Yes. I
1: got I got pretty involved cuz again, um and I will say this, Fort Wayne is a very different place today mm-hmm. than it was then. Mm-hmm. Um I think obviously it has a lot more to offer we could talk mm-hmm. about. All the ways our downtown has grown and all yep. of that, but also, I think it's a much more welcoming place.
0: I agree. I um, agree.
1: Could have been my experience, um, but I, I just do think it's more welcoming. And I had a really hard time getting plugged in. It felt like a lot of people were from here, had grown up here, already had their circles. So yeah. I had to kind of really work. So it mm-hmm. was like, yeah, while and I helped and, yeah, um, yeah friends at – um, well, like guitar helps, yep. but it was it was hard to kind of like get connected and get plugged in. So yeah. I, I didn't settle in as well my first time in Fort Wayne.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little more common today that people aren't from here. And it's not to say anything against the people who are from here because some of them are very welcoming. But yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. I kind of planted my flag as I'm the guy who's not from here and that's what I'm going to be and yeah. never really fully assimilated until I woke up one day and I was like, oh, I've been here for 25 years. I guess I'm a you know, as close to, this is as close to my hometown as anything. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. And yes, it's, it is definitely not anything against the people who are from here because it was on me too. I yeah. was one foot in, one foot out yeah. for sure the first sure. time I moved here. And to prove that, I, shortly after we got married, which was, this is 2011 now, yeah. Um. I, yes, we got, well, we got married in November 2011 and in spring of 2012, I went, look, we're married Eventually, we might have kids. Yep. What are we doing here? Because mm-hmm. my husband's family and mine were both in Southern California. Yeah. So I dragged him away from the fire department All and right. back to San wow. Diego, which okay. proves I kind of had one foot out yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Um. And so that is the part of the story where we go back to San Diego. We yeah. left our jobs. Okay. Um, this
0: is getting interesting. Okay. It was
1: crazy. <laughs> I mean, not crazy because you get like, San Diego, right? Oh, One sure. Perks. Hey, we're like, Let's yeah. Go back to sounds some sunshine and given
0: that it's March first when this is being recorded, that sounds pretty great, right? Now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So we moved back to um, eventually a condo half a block from the beach. Nice. We had a yellow lab at the time. It was Dog Beach. We woke up and walked the beach every morning. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, and we moved back to some great jobs. He sold um, pharmaceuticals at the time, Mm -hmm. and I got a job launching Uber in the San Diego market when Uber was brand new, and you still had to explain to people what that was. Wow. So that again, yeah, experience. So startup there now in my repertoire, which was.
0: So did you work with the CEO of Uber?
1: Um, I knew him. I didn't work super closely with him, but yeah, we went on some trips. Like that was. When I don't even remember what the number was, but we hit some milestone, and yeah. we all went to Tahoe, and yeah. I think there was eighty employees okay. when I was there. Wow! And I wow. Don't, I
0: don't okay, know I ask them. because no. there's a some kind of mini series that's coming out. That there is, is. No. yes, yep. Yep. sounds there like it's going to be interesting, is. and maybe it, more so for you because yes. you had that experience. It,
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah, looking forward to it.
0: So you're working in San Diego, you're going to the beach, everything's working great, but then what but happens?
1: Then, well, so I actually left Uber after about seven months mm-hmm. because startups are grueling and it was my first year of marriage. Sure. And I you start to see a trend in my career where I, especially as I look back now after all these years, that I've been really intentional about saying family or work. Family mm-hmm. or work. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when I've looked back and said, Oh, did I did I do the right thing? And could my career have looked different if I didn't? Yeah. Um, but it's it's hard to question mm-hmm. that when you pick family over work. And I sure. and I always have. So yeah. I left Uber. Because I wanted my first year of marriage to be in more investment in my marriage than in my job. Yep. So I went back to Southwest Strategies. Uh-huh. And actually, okay. I wasn't even looking, but they knew I was back in town because yeah. I reconnected with friends. And they said, Hey, would you be interested? We are really short on people. And I mm-hmm. went, Oh my gosh, this job is draining me. Yes, I'm so interested. Yeah. So I went back and actually spent the majority of my time in San Diego at okay. Southwest Strategies.
0: And you're coming back armed with more experience, more yes. tools in the toolbox. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And okay. that, that, um, Again, about a year and a half there after because we were about two years in San Diego. So maybe six, seven months at Uber and then a um, year and a half at Southwest Strategies. And that was a blast. Mm. Um, got to work on some really fun projects, got some uh, PRSA awards, like just highlight. Love those people. Love that work. Um, but my husband really missed the fire department. Mm-hmm. And then we had a baby. Uh-huh. And I went I don't care what I do. Yeah.
0: Like, I'll yeah. quit. Like, sure. I just,
1: I, you know, sure. it just, it, it really changes you.
0: It really does. Yeah. In ways that are hard to explain to people who haven't experienced it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I went, hey, if you want to go back to the fire department, give the chief a ring. They'll let you back. I don't, I'll move anywhere in the country. I'll do whatever we need to do. With wow. The family. Wow. It, it just, yeah. you know, it changes you.
0: So where do you land professionally at that time when you come back to Fort Wayne?
1: Yeah, so I had a good friend who I actually met here in uh, Fort Wayne, Monica Holb. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, we were in touch and she said, Well, if you're going back to Fort Wayne, I actually know about this uh, remote job that mm-hmm. you could do from Fort Wayne mm-hmm. for a nonprofit called United Through Reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, they connect military families who are separated, usually spouses is deployed, is the most typical situation, um, through reading. Children's storybooks mm-hmm. and and shipping them home to yeah. the kids, okay, so they stay connected with mom or dad or grandparents or yeah. whatever. Um, and they needed a director of communications, okay. So it was a little bit of event planning, and then all the things I did, you know. And,
0: and where was United Through Reading based?
1: Uh, both DC and San Diego. Okay, they just so rid of their brick and mortar.
0: This is where some of the confusion for me comes in because I remember okay. I was like, I heard that Taylor's back in town. But, but I thought so she left, you. and she's yeah. working for a company in San Diego. I'm confused. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. So I was here. So I don't feel like I was fully here, <laughs> yeah. even yeah. when I was here, because I was first of all I was doing the mom thing, yeah. sure. Um, and then I had my second uh, child, yeah. Lincoln, when um when I was still working from mm-hmm. them. Which you know, it was. I'm just so grateful to have had a remote job. Yeah, sure. Was pretty flexible during that sure. time. And I think I actually bumped down to like technically part time, mm-hmm. like a 30 hour mm-hmm. a week, um, when I had her, and so. I was there almost four years, mm-hmm. um, so remote for almost four years. Wow, like yeah. not a lot of adult interaction yeah, outside yeah. of the video, um, yeah. and then traveling twice a year at least—once okay. to San Diego and once to DC for yeah. our larger fundraisers—and um, then, and not as connected in Fort Wayne, just because mm-hmm. between mom and mm-hmm. that job, it, there wasn't a lot of space. It didn't feel like. Sure. And Again, I was well. Very again,
0: priorities. On, it's yes. like if mm-hmm. I have something's going to give, and if it's going to be the social interaction, that's what's going to give.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I started uh, hearing about some jobs that were open yep. and getting contacted, like, once by a recruiter and then once by some friends who heard about yep. open positions. And it just kind of started – my kids were getting a little bit older, definitely not self-sufficient yet. They're still not self-sufficient. But, yeah. You know, and so I just kind of started getting that itch, like, I – I'm here in Fort Wayne. I need to like leave my house, <laughs> yeah. leave my like, at <laughs> yeah. home, you know, desk. Yeah. And get connected again and
0: Which is um, ironic to considering where the world went the last couple of years. I know, but, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't imagine if that like then yeah. entered me to the <laughs> of COVID. But um yeah. yeah. So I I I guess I just started kind of having that desire. And I actually had a a number of like interviews over I think like a six month period and, and where that landed, um, was kind of me waiting for the right opportunity, and then I, I went to Lasting Change, which most people know as Lifeline Youth yep. and Family Services and Crosswinds, um, working for Brenda Gerber Vincent. She was yep. there at that time, and um, I was able to build a communications department from the ground up. They basically yeah. had said, you know, we've neglected this area, like yeah. haven't really paid any attention here, and now we're mm-hmm. realizing, like, oops, yeah, that's not a good thing. And so, will you will you kind of like figure out what we need, yep. and then help us build it, yeah? And so. I was there from the end of 2017 to basically early 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. And was able to build a team there. Um, at the most, it was like five and a half people. Wow. It was like a matrix management situation. And yeah. um, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, you know, people look back and say, like, what are you proud of in your career? And it always... I always think about the things that involve people and that team that I was able to structure there. I think we talked at one point because Devontae Beckham was on my team and you know him. Devontae's great. Yeah. Just, yeah. Such a talented individual. So I had a lot of fun doing that and that team was a lot of fun. We had some great memories together. So, yeah, yeah, that's where I landed there. Um, So I got out of my house and kind of back into the community again. (laughs) Um, And then when I was kind of looking for a change after that um, is actually when I first learned about Fort Wayne Metals. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously not when I ended up there. Sure. But um, and this is this is going to take us on a little longer story, but it's okay. it's one I think that's worth telling. Yeah. Um, so in 2018, I s- had kind of some weird health things going on. Mm-hmm. I started blacking out, Jeez. much the way you would when you like get up out of bed too fast in the morning. Wow. So just completely lose vision. Wow. But it was happening when I was like sitting down, like we are right now, like in wow. a meeting. So no movement, and wow. I had no idea why it was like. Am I drinking too much caffeine? Yeah. Like not enough water? What's happening? And a series of things go on, and my friend talks me into going in and getting one of those heart monitors. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I wind up at Cleveland Clinic. Wow. And they have no idea what's going on with me. Wow. They tag it like a junctional tachycardia thing. I don't, I'm so bad at medical, but basically they didn't have to. You're it already better at medical
0: because you could pronounce something. <laughs> so, <I know>. yes. <laughs>
1: well, they, it was like when you run strips during an EKG, mm-hmm. a few things can come up. Mm -hmm. I think typically one thing comes up and tells you what's going on. I had like eight layers of things happening. And they're like, normally you wouldn't have like ventricular tachycardia plus an AFib. And so they were like, this doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why they had me going to Cleveland Clinic. Cleveland Clinic was like, this is super rare. We've only seen like eight cases of this. Wow. So again, long story short, I wound up having a cardiac ablation. And I went in saying, if, if they can't figure this out. They're going to have to put a pacemaker in you. Wow. I was 33 at the time. Jeez. So it was like, you don't want that. Yeah. So the course of these blackouts starting and this cardiac ablation, which by the way, was successful, no pacemaker, not a cardio patient anymore. So this all ended yeah. really, really well. Um, but for those like nine months, first of all, I couldn't drink any caffeine. Which mm-hmm. Is there anything worse than that? Because <laughs> I don't <laughs> think there is. Um, I couldn't work out. Uh-huh. So I was very, I was kind of scared to drive because yeah. it's like, you don't know, want to black out when sure. you're driving.
0: sure. Especially with kids. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was,
1: it was progressively getting worse. So it was getting to the point where I was like, I might need to actually stop driving. Like, Jeez. what is going on? Yeah. Um, so it just was kind of a crazy year. It was 2018. Mm-hmm. So when I start looking for a new opportunity and I sit down with my now boss, Evan Wood, mm-hmm. and Helgi Henninger, who's been on this podcast, yep. um, they both start telling me about Fort Wayne Metals. And I, like I think a lot of people in the community are like, okay, you're a manufacturer and what else? Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. think a lot of people don't know. Sure. Um, Something
0: to do with metals. Right, exactly. Is yes. yes. a big and heavy metal? We don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, no, we actually make like fine precision mm-hmm. wire. It's really thin. This is what it's used for. A bunch of it ends up in the human body. Um, So I start telling them my story and they're like, your ablation was done with wire that we made. Wow. Um, And so I'm like, this is nuts. Like, yeah. metals wire was in my body. This yeah. is what healed me. And so it, it's it stuck with me. They didn't have a position at the time, and I yeah. kind of made those relationships. And so kept how in did touch you
0: how did you make that connection initially? What put um, you at the table with each other?
1: So I. Was looking for an opportunity, and a mutual friend of I think Evan's and mine had said, You should. So you it was an informational in interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, okay. again, this persistence yeah. that made me stuck that yeah. boss a long time sure, ago. Sure. I just reached out to Evan yeah. and said, Hey, can I can I buy you lunch? I want to learn about Fort Metals. Well, it's a great thing so, to do. Yeah, I, ho- I, I encourage people, people to do that
0: all do the time. Yeah. I, yes, yeah, yeah,
1: it's so beneficial. And just, even if there's no agenda, right? That's right. You just sit down and get meet to meet people. people
0: right? Yeah. That's it. Very simple. Yeah. So,
1: and Evan was just explaining what they did and what their products were used for. And I'm like, I had no idea. Yeah. Had no idea that this was even medical, and can you tell me more about what that looks like? So you know, he's saying heart stents and braces, yeah. and telling me all the things that they're wired in. And and he, his wife actually had a heart thing too. So as he's talking huh. about this, I'm going. I just had a cardiac ablation last year, and he yeah. was like, "Yep, that's us." Wow. Huh. So that connection just stuck with me, and I, you know, I've had a lot of nonprofit in my background, mm-hmm. and so um, it just clicked. Yeah. Like, this is. Yeah, this is a company. Yeah. It's not a nonprofit, but there's there's real mission and purpose in this work. And so, um, like I said, there was no opportunity at the time. Yeah, but um, Fort Metals just kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And so, again, that's later in the journey. but Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, that's when that connection first first happened.
0: Wow. So Okay. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about Fort Wayne Metals. You've done a great job of giving us a sense of what the business is all about. But what are some things that you say to people when they ask you about this new place that you work? How do you describe it?
1: Yeah. Um, Describe my position or describe the company?
0: Let's start with the company and then go into your position.
1: Yeah. Um, Honestly, I've been doing a lot of kind of what I just told you. I I really think that Fort Wayne Metals is one of Fort Wayne's best-kept secrets, Mm -hmm. and I I think that's unintentional. So what I've experienced coming in is just this posture of humility. I mean, Mm -hmm. they— Scott Glaze, our CEO, yeah. is an incredible. Who's also incredible the
0: reason leader. why J.K. O'Donnell's is downtown,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, among other things. He's
1: yeah. yes, he's over the over the years poured a lot into um, not just our downtown but surrounding areas, mm-hmm. um, downtowns, and um, is just a big fan of, of giving back and investing in Fort Wayne. And he wouldn't want me to tell you that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just this incredible posture of humility, and I think that runs through the company. Um, so you know, as I am. A new employee learning what's been done in the past. You know what what's yeah. what's going on. What are what are we? Um, what have we put out there in terms of marketing and community engagement? There's not been a ton that's intentional because most of the focus is very employee centric, hmm. very customer centric, very employee centric, and what we're doing for the community. There's a lot of support, but we're not. We're not talking about it. yeah. And so the symptom of that is that people aren't hearing what Fort Wayne Metals does yeah. and what the company is all about.
0: Well, some of that I think is very Midwestern, which I can say to mm-hmm. you because you're from a coast like I am where it's like believed to be a binary choice. Mm-hmm. We can either be humble or tell our story, but we can't do both. Right and you know i very much encourage people i say no it's okay to tell people your sto- your story with the intention of being helpful and being available to more people because if they don't know your story they can't choose you and if you think you're great right, you deserve to be chosen but no one can cho- choose you if your story is too much of a well kept secret right yeah
1: yeah yeah i think that's absolutely true and i think as you know what's exciting about my position now being created it's community engagement manager and Really, the community there is external and internal mm. and really largely internal, like I said, very employee-centric. Yeah. It's internal communications and all that. But I think for the first time, it um – allows us to to do that. And I think there's a recognition that, yeah, we can do this humbly. We can talk about what it is that we do and we can do a better job of educating, even if it is just as an employer, right? And talk about um, who we are, what we do so that people understand where they're coming as as a place of work.
0: Yeah. Well, and especially important right now, you know, Mm -hmm. there are organizations that we're doing a lot of work with on the employee recruitment and retention side who are just now understanding the value of telling your story into perpetuity, not necessarily only to reach customers and prospects, but to reach prospective employees who may not know anything about you, and they have to have a sense of what you're all about if you're going to have a prayer of recruiting them and keeping them.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: So what are you doing on the community engagement side to the external audiences? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So that is one of, I'd say it's kind of one of the pillars of my job description moving in, and we are just now working on An employer branding campaign Mm. where we're doing that Mm -hmm. very thing, right? I mean, we have um, one of the positions that was hired at the same time as mine is talent sourcing, and so we're we're like everyone else, kind of working on those recruiting efforts. Um, But like you said, there's this. Okay, we can talk about what our benefits are, and like I said, Fort Wayne Metals is so employee centric. Like we've we've got a lot to talk about there. We really do. But if we're talking about that, and people are going, well, great, but what? who are you yeah what do then you do there's a yeah. step there right yeah, for sure I mean, you, you can tout benefits and talk about um what a great place this is to work but if people don't understand the well who and what is my work actually accomplishing and doing and you're a manufacturer but what are you manufacturing and what's the end result then exactly and you've really missed an important step there so yeah. i think that's where this employer branding effort comes in um, to make sure that the education piece comes first
0: Yeah. Well, and everyone's always thinking, what's the catch, right? If you say, we have really satisfied employees and they think it's a great place to work and you should listen to them, people go, that's nice, but what's the catch? Oh, I get the catch. You're a metals company, so it's a dangerous and dirty work environment. And then you walk into one of the most pristine work environments you could ever imagine at Fort Wayne Metals. But if people don't know that, they're going to bypass you and go on to other opportunities.
1: Right. Exactly. And I think, you know, I I don't want to be repetitive for your loyal listeners. I know that (laughs) Helgi was on this and he did a great job of talking about that like people hear manufacturing they think these really big, you know, you have to have big muscles to work here and yeah. all these, you know, big pieces of metal. And we're creating wire that's yeah. like one eighth the size of a human hair yeah. because it's yeah. traveling through your arteries and veins. It's being used as a guide wire in surgeries. And it's just it's it's breaking apart that stigma that people hear when they hear the word manufacturing. Yeah. And so, you know, when when you sit down and you talk to someone and it's like the reality is most of our employees either have had our product in their body, hmm. currently have our product hmm. in their body or know a loved one mm-hmm. or friend that that does. Wow. And so when you start with that, it it completely breaks apart that oh, stigma yeah. of sure. okay, this is a medical medical manufacturing, I don't think is a term, but I think it should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. So so your work is not really customer and prospect facing then.
1: No, yeah, that, yeah, okay. that would be Helgi's department.
0: Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, talk about, I would I would imagine that most of the stuff you're focused on right now is learning the job, but what are some of the things that you're focused on that are taking up a lot of your time, a lot of your energy, maybe you're keeping you up at night a little bit, maybe you're exciting or a combination of yeah. all those things.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that employer branding campaign is one piece, mm-hmm. but I'd say the majority of my time currently right now um, is we just launched... It, right now is going on um an employee engagement survey mm-hmm. so that we kind of start as I came into my new role we started from scratch so we mm-hmm. used to do um an employee engagement survey through Gallup mm-hmm. and this year we launched one through um a book called Reset by mm-hmm. the CEO of Sherm mm-hmm. and so it's a completely different approach um and it's honestly it was such the perfect project for me to learn you know, taking over internal communications to learn all our channels, how our employees are receptive to them, yeah. um, and walk through it. So it has been, I mean, keeping me up at night a little bit for sure, sure. All new jobs do, but it it's honestly been a blast. Like, it's making me realize how much I love this job, this work, yeah. these people that I get to do this for, um, because it's all about making sure everybody knows our voice matters. Yeah. Like this. So, So
0: profession. what's the crux of the reset philosophy versus other ways of doing employee engagement?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I guess I'll just give you the overview of, of the survey. So the book is called reset, Mm -hmm. but the actual, um, the actual survey is feeding into something called the NICE score Okay, and, um, or at least we're calling it the NICE score. Um, and the NICE stands for, um, net promoter score, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like whether or not you'd recommend your place of work to your friends and Mm -hmm. family. Um, the I stands for inclusion. Do we foster a sense of belonging and so mm-hmm. on and so forth? Uh, the C is curiosity, so innovation. Mm-hmm. Are we an innovative company? And the E is employer brand. Okay. So that speaks to like, you know, external sure. um, perception of our company. Yeah. So um, the survey – feeds into part of that score, but there's also external elements that do as well. So it's just a completely different approach than this much longer survey that was done in the past. And again, I wasn't there for that, so I don't know all of the information, but um, this was much simpler, uh, an easier ask of our employees. And so for me, coming in and getting to focus messaging on shared accountability and how an employee experience is not created by you know a ceo yeah. or a team leader or any one department or individual but the the shared accountability of we all contribute to yeah. what a positive culture looks like and in order for us to pull data and see where our gaps are or get better or look at any one area means we we all have to contribute and we all have to offer our voice to this process um, it has been a lot of fun for me and, yeah. to, and to see it positively
0: well, and it, it seems like it's very well aligned with what I've seen as a shift over the past couple of years, especially the last year where, you know, the old mantra used to be the customer is always right. And then we learned the customer is not always right. And then we said, well, the customer's first. And I think what we've learned is, you know what? If you put your people first, they're going to put your customers first. But your people are kind of 1A and customers are 1B. And if you don't get the first one right, you're never going to get the second one Without
1: right. Without our people, we can't serve our customers. <laughs> yeah, customer. I, that's is, right. is everybody not learning that right now? Yeah, totally, with, totally. With totally. Uh, recruiting issues? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah well, that's absolutely. great. Well, that sounds like fascinating stuff. Um, anything, do you have time for anything else? That's a really big job. Anything else that's playing into it?
1: Um, gosh, I, you mean in terms of other product, pro- projects? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of learning. I, I think, I don't know that I would like any other large buckets, but there's a lot of just like slow transitions, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of handing over other internal communications things. I mean, Fort Metals is just so large and there's a lot of like monthly updates, um, employee events. Um, there's a super robust, like employee rewards program that I have a team that manages all of that. So there's a, there's just a lot of like small transitioning pieces over, um, to me so that I can start to manage all of them. Yeah. So it's kind of all falling in that, like, internal communications bucket. Okay. Um, which, right. honestly, I've I've waited a lot of my career to have a job that looks like this, that has this description. So yeah. it's it's been a lot of fun.
0: Well, that's great. So ideally, you're going to be here for a while, or at least in this position. So let me ask you a question. We yeah. asked this out of more personal curiosity because mm-hmm. I haven't met a lot of people who are in the same position. How are you balancing... I have a family that is two thousand miles away mm-hmm. that I want to stay connected to, but I'm trying to build a life here because it's again, this is personal curiosity. It's comes with some significant trade offs. Yeah, it's a sh- it's a shift that I had to make and have have dealt with the upside and compromise of that. How are you doing with that?
1: uh it's hard. Yeah. Um. But we, my husband and I, have just made a commitment to like. Prioritizing vacations, mm-hmm. and I, when I say vacations, some of that is like traveling to see family. So,
0: and San Diego is not a bad place to go on San vacation.
1: Diego's not <laughs> bad place to go, but honestly, yeah. we have not been. I, I I would have to sit here and think about the last time we were in San Diego. So we've not mm-hmm. been great about that. But mm-hmm. my, I actually have a sister that followed. I say followed me out here. She probably wouldn't like that term, <laughs> but she met her husband visiting. My husband and I. So she wow. actually lives here now. So we really? so do have okay. one family member that's close. Okay. But my parents, because they now have two yeah. kids, come out here nice. often. Okay. So I kind of cheat the system in that they come to us. Yeah. Um, my yeah, I I our parents come out here and visit us. Quite well, a that's bit. great. So I cheat that. Uh but we we went to Tennessee a couple weekends ago yeah. and my in laws visited us. I mean, um, yeah.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're doing that because I think really one of the
1: question well
0: doesn't. It? No, it does. <laughs> you know, one of the traps I think people get caught into is I found myself I was always going only to see family and no disrespect to them, but you got to do other stuff. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear you're doing that.
1: That's where I was going with that is we went to Tennessee a couple weekends ago and, and met them. So like where yeah. we can merge vacations yeah. with family, we try to do that because I got really sick of only going home.
0: Yeah, totally. And not
1: getting to see different places. So totally. So last summer we went up to Michigan and we met family there. So yeah. like we if
0: you don't it feels like an obligation. Right, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so
1: yeah. I I think we've we've tried to make that work.
0: Okay. Well, that was an interesting little diversion. Yeah, That's sorry. the softer side <laughs> of the Asher marketing podcast. No, that was me. I took it took us down that path, but it's fascinating for me to hear that and I appreciate your honesty in saying it is a challenge. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's pivot to the speed round of the show and I'm going to ask you a few questions that are more short and pithy. Design for any kind of answer you want to give. If it's short and pithy, great. If it's not, that's fine too. Okay. okay. So first question. I think you've already told us this, but what is your best advice for building a successful, fulfilling career?
1: Hmm. So I am a lifelong learner, and I think that my answer would be the same. to Somebody starting their career tomorrow or somebody looking to retire in, like, two months, and that would be curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you lose that, you lose everything. Yeah. So, I think it's what keeps things interesting for me. Um, I think that's why I'm so excited about Fort Wayne medals mm-hmm. and knowing that I can be here for a very long time. Yeah. Is I will be learning for yeah. a very yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that things get really stale when um, – and you've failed, quite honestly, when you get to a point where you think you've arrived and mm-hmm. you, you've got nothing else to learn. Yeah. So, um, I think successful. I think fulfilling. I think invigorating when um, you're constantly learning and you're constantly asking questions. Yeah. And you can't ever be afraid to to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, we get a two for one. There's the persistence piece, knock on doors, <laughs> knock the door down if you need to, but also the curiosity piece. Okay. Second question, and this one I think you've alluded to, but what is something that you want people to know about your organization that's either a myth you want to bust or something that's underappreciated that you want to amplify?
1: Yeah, yeah. This one I think I would have already shared, and I, yeah. I don't want to take away from it, but um, it is that. It's the impact that yeah. metals has. Um yeah, it, I think it's more than 95% of our product winds up in the human body. I, mm-hmm. I don't think very many people know that. Yeah. Um, and just to think about what that means, I mean, yeah. um, you know, I, I will never forget my first week. So they have you start. Um, I think most people, but when, when you start, um, they have you do what they call exposure training. So you head out onto the manufacturing floor and you know, put your safety goggles on and all nine yards, and you literally get to, to, you know, stand alongside the wire jars, they show you how the machines work, they tell you all about their jobs. And, you know, they'd schedule me to be out there for like an hour and like three hours later they'd be like, where's Taylor? i like, she's still on the floor. I don't know. you know yeah. and so but these our our employees are just wonderful. They mm-hmm. they're so um willing to share time with you, to tell you all about what they're doing. And again, that curiosity piece, I just am really good at asking questions. Yeah, sure. So I would continue to do that. And um, when they were done telling me all about the technical parts of their job, I would just start asking, like, why do you love this? Mm -hmm. Why, you know, it's, you've been here for 27 years. Like, why is that? Why are you still here, you know? And um, most employees would give me some answer along the lines of, you know, everybody has bad days, like not everybody's perfect, but I can always go home knowing like, somebody's life mm. is sometimes saved, mm-hmm. and if not saved, then improved. Like, yeah. quality of life is improved because yeah. of the product that I'm working on today. Yeah. And it's—how many manufacturing jobs can yeah. you say that? Yeah. So, it's just—I it's. I feel like it's such a unicorn. Like, yeah. I have—like, fi- I'm not in nonprofit work anymore, mm-hmm. and there's hard parts to that. I think anyone yeah. who moves away from nonprofit will tell you that. Sure. Um, but— There's so much purpose and impact in this work, and I think that's what I want people to know about 4-Way Metals.
0: Yeah, that's great. All right, last question. Is there any tip or trick or tool or hack that you use in your work, or it could be in balancing a young family and work? It could be anything that you think deserves a little more attention. It could be something that's well-known that you just want to speak to or something that's not well-known that you want to amplify.
1: Hmm. Yeah, this probably isn't anything groundbreaking. I live and die by a project management system. Mm
0: -hmm. And which one do you use?
1: So I, for years, I used (sighs) Mm monday.com, and I, like, had to find my way in the dark when I moved away from that recently. Um, And I'm trying to learn to use Rike. I've
0: never even heard of Rike.
1: Okay, W-R-I-K-E. All right. I I think I'm gonna fall in love with it. I'm just right. I'm in my learning stages. Okay. So but I can't function without something like yeah. that, like a fancy to-do list, basically. Yeah. Um I schedule my time like crazy. Mm-hmm. And that is so I guess maybe this is the, the way to make this advice sound fancier. Is somebody <laughs> once told me that like I don't have I'm not a mom and then also like a career woman. Like there's one of me. Yeah. There's just one. Yeah. So I I have two calendars technically, but they're layered. So I look at them one Huge believer in that. Right?
0: Especially today. Yeah.
1: I have one of a big, massive hard copy planner because I'm old school like that. And I just like touching the paper. Yeah. Um, But I have one of those for after work and during the day. Like, there's one of me. There's not two of me. And I got to live that way. And so I'm a big, like, block the calendar for personal life, for work life. Um, I schedule me time. Yeah. Like, I heard some... Some I don't know. I read it in some book. Like schedule think time. Yeah, because like, if
0: you don't, you won't get it. Right. If exactly. you wait until it to fall out of the, until it falls out of the sky, it's not going to happen. Never gonna
1: happen. Yeah, it's never going
0: to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'll have to look up Reich, but I agree with that wholeheartedly. So much so that you know my my world is driven by clients. So I have client codes mm. for all the clients I work with.
1: Yeah.
0: In my to do list system, I have a client called Home. which is like home stuff. That's
1: amazing. And
0: it's so it's all sortable. I can say, what's all the home stuff I need to do? But I long ago gave up the myth that this is separate. It's not. It's one calendar. It's one to-do list. Because there are times when if I have 15 minutes at work – I'm going to make a personal call. Sorry, coworkers. If I'm at home and I have yep. 15 minutes to answer an email, great. Then you're gonna do and it. if you're I have right. to look at two things, it's for me with my ADHD. It's like looking at a thousand exactly so one thing. Here
1: yep. on the ADHD, Yep. yep. And then you got to respect the personal time that you blocked. Correct. Instead of which, that's the hardest one. It's
0: right. the hardest one. It continues. It will continue to be a challenge. Right. If my experiences, anything to speak of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Taylor, this has been super fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm glad you're back in Northeast Indiana. Me
1: too. Yeah. Here to stay, I think. Yeah. Not going right. anywhere. right.
0: We've got that on the record, folks. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.